Jordan. Hello. Danny. Hello. This is a weird one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so we're currently sat opposite each other in like a staring match. <laughs> With a nice little light on. Matt Brown to our left, you're right. And today you are our guest. Yeah, so I suppose this has come about because we're about to, you know, big things coming, basically. We've got some really exciting guests. Move in silence. <laughs> We've got some really exciting guests coming up, and we thought we'd take this opportunity for you to berate me for an hour. Pretty much. Well, it's just like... So we did video with Flossie. That went really well. The cutdowns are fantastic, the episode's performing well, so we think video is the best thing moving forwards. We have a great lineup of guests coming, so we thought, you know what? Let's do one of just us, whilst we sort out logistics, while we get cameras, while we know where to film, because then we're not wasting a guest on That's on really audio. fucking rude, mate. <laughs> You don't want to I'm be on video. I mean, you obviously are going to be on video. Yeah, so I thought, get this over with. Please, people know roughly who you are, other than your 30 second cameo on the whole of PAQ. Yeah. So I suppose let's kick this off the way we always kick it off. Danny. Hello, John. How do we know each other? I'm intrigued at your story. So I first met you in the Cairo office. Palace had just dropped some snakeskin boots. I wanted them. And I asked someone in the office, like, does anyone know how to get hold of them? And you were just walking past. I just remember you had a laptop in one hand and you just walked past. And someone's like, oh, Jordan. You're like, hello. It's like, can you get hold of the Palace snakeskin boots? You're like, yep, no worries. You just walked off. Then you came back later on and said, yeah, my brother's like friends with one of the guys at Palace. He can sort you out. Like he'll hold a pair on reserve. And then that was the first time we ever really met. Yeah, that's it, basically. So I worked, I worked at Cairo. What? <laughs> Sounds like we just don't know each other. <laughs> so I was a creative director at Kyra, and before that, they had another company. I was a creative director there, and I helped develop Kyra as a brand, and then PAQ as a brand. Yeah. And the whole thing was, you know, they were starting a streetwear show, and there wasn't really many people into clothes there. <laughs> like at the time, it was me and Kyo, and I don't think I'm missing anyone else out. If I am, I'm sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> One job. Phil. And Phil, and Phil, yeah. Phil! <laughs> and Phil, who then left. But when did you join the PAQ no, side? Phil, uh, episode five. What was the first episode? Sports Day. So Six. five? Six, maybe. Bloody hell. I turned, I basically, they wanted me to do the whole episode, and there was a Davis Street Market market sale on that day, which is where everything in Davis Street Market, they basically, all the back stock goes into a big warehouse somewhere, yeah. and you can go in, you can buy it for like anywhere between 70 to 90% off. Fucking hell. So they were like, we need you to come and shoot this down. I was like, I'm really sorry, I've got something to do. Remember, I was a full-time <laughs> employee. I, did, I can't just say that, but I did anyway. And I turned up, Nathaniel and uh, Trevor Chalabar were just standing in this park in like... <laughs> fucking oval and I just turn up with this huge like Dove Street Market sack just filled with like Junior Watanabe Com Supreme Com collabs yeah. Nike and I remember just like Elias being like because we'd spoken about it we'd all like yeah. we were cool Cause the thing is I was working behind the scenes on the episode so like the development of the show there is some controversy around um, a certain pair of trainers that got turned into a certain pair of loafers about whose idea it was yeah, I remember, it was Oscar it was 100% Oscar I was I remember the exact moment so we had an episode where we had to customise trainers we each got a silhouette Dex got a Converse Shaq got a Stan Smith Elias got a Air Force One and I got a Van Slip-On and then we turned mine into like a Gucci loafer, I guess. But I remember the idea was Oscars. Incorrect. We were on, we Oscar, were on the tube. Oscar added the fur. Simona, who was the producer at the time, was sat behind me and Kayo and leant back and went, Guys, you got any fucking ideas for this? And me and Kayo looked at it and was like, Why don't we just cut the back off and make a loafer out of it and add like a horse bit on the front? And then Oscar added the fur. 
that's the real story. But you can t- you can go whatever narrative you want, mate. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, for that. how did we get close? Obviously, Danny was like living up north and would travel down to do PAQ. So myself and Matt, who's the producer of the show, both lived in Hackney, Hackney Downs. You guys were looking for flats for you to, you and Shaq to stay in, and there was like a new build opposite us. And you guys moved in there, and obviously, like, but I think by this point we were really close anyway. Because yeah, we were going to we'd, the pub beforehand, but we also like you know it was like me, Meeks, and Rippers took you guys to New York and oh yeah the early days of travelling with PAQ was different to the latter days the early days were like yeah cool you want to do an episode over 10 days yeah go go fuck off over there and just chill out and like you know it was it yeah. wasn't stressful shooting in New York that first time whereas because we weren't on that weekly schedule by, that, by this point yeah it was a lot more relaxed we had a lot more downtime and obviously it was a lot the first time you boys had been to New York I think all of you potentially and I'd been a few times so I kind of knew some of the spots I was like oh we'll take you here I snuck Elias into a bar things like that because <laughs> you, you, you could be over 21 was that our first PAQ trip overall I'm pretty sure well Dex went to New York with Simona yeah but that was the first trip abroad that, yeah it was yeah I don't yeah, think was. we went to Milan or anywhere like that I think we no. went straight to New York but we, by that point we'd, been, you know, we'd, we'd done Converse which obviously I did the episode and James did the commercial and we did the pop-up shop and I think the pop-up shop's one of the ones where it really bonded us five boys together because the, the other team the rest the whole team were out shooting greatness yes and they took all the equipment they took all the staff and said <laughs> go make an episode so me and Mike came up this episode idea and again because we didn't have to do the turnarounds of the weekly shows at this time we were like dropping every like month two months we were able to really think about it and like team you up with interesting people so like Elias worked with my friend Junior you know Shaq went and worked with one of his mates Dex did his own stuff as well and like we did this whole pop-up it was a really scary moment because that was the first time we actually were like what if no one turns up <laughs> like and I remember sitting there because I'd like pitched this idea to the founders of Kyra yeah and they were like hmm Mm, we should just do this episode and I was like I don't like that episode and like, they're gone so I was like cool you guys are all fucked off I'm going to make this episode that I want to make and if it flopped I was like well I'm probably going to get fired so <laughs> you know if only yeah I know it would have saved us a lot of hassle um, but yeah it was and it was, a, it was a massive success and actually I think for all of us I think all four five of us look back at that episode really fondly because of like it was just it was a madness it basically. was the first moment we saw it go from numbers on a screen to people and faces I guess like actually seeing physical people in the real world appreciating a YouTube show like it seemed so bizarre because people were queuing out early as well and I think when we turned up we were like right this could be alright and then yeah it was absolutely hectic nothing could have really prepared us for that and it was good it was brilliant so that was obviously part of your career but how do we get to this point like what is your relationship with clothes I went to school blah 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 really boring etc didn't go to university and I just worked in shops that's where me and Matt again who's produced and series led PAQ produces this show that's where we met we worked in a shop called Alabama it's like a very menswear hashtag menswear shop so of course. you're talking about like really nice knits like nice Japanese denim at like a slightly elevated price point to like your Edwins and stuff like that yeah so it's like it was like for a guy I suppose like late 20s who had a bit of money and liked clothes and the great thing about that brand was at the time it was independent so it's quite hand to mouth kind of what Chris from Percival was saying yeah but it meant you had new products all the time and they were all based there was real stories behind each one so we just get really nerdy like talking about like yeah jacquard prints or like buying processes or like just like the where this sort of like weave had come from and like you know the slub on a pair of jeans all these like little <laughs> things that we like learn about and like get really gassed about and talk about and be like absolute fucking nerds and I was thinking like in that shop we had like Callum who is going to come on the show he's an author now yeah we had Mark who was like modelling for like Real McCoys and places like that and Garson John was shooting him so you had all these like really cool guys in the store and like really handsome guys and they were fucking nerds and that's why like so I walked in there I was like really intimidated on my first day and then I was just like talking about clothes to them and, and like music and films and football and TV and it was like oh they're just really handsome nerds okay <laughs> I, it's fine it's, it's all good um, so yeah I worked there I went to YMC I worked at a couple of shoe shops so I had like when I actually met you I had like 
the most insane shoe collection of like churches, brogues, and like all these Grants and loafers and stuff like that. I mean, it didn't all start from there. You were at HMV, and I, I, yeah, I was a manager at HMV for <laughs> a very long time. So, any good stories from that? Any, uh, yeah. So I worked in the one. Well, I worked in all the big ones in London, like in Westfield and stuff like that. But I worked in Trocadero, and there's a strip club next to it. And then one day, I was standing upstairs, and I was like, "What the fuck is that smell?" And it stunk <laughs> of weed. And it was like stunk of weed. And we're like, what the fuck's going on? And we're like, and because Chocadero is an old building, everything's connected. So we're like, it's coming through the vents. I we went to the management office. We're like, yo, like, it stinks of weed. You know, we're, we're a shop. We can't have it smelling of weed. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's from the strip club. So me and the security guard, not because I was scared, just I happened to go with the security guard. I wasn't looking for oh, backup. Yeah. <laughs> um, we went to the, like, we knock on the thing, the door. They open the door and fucking, like, massive pile of smoke comes flying. <laughs> Out. And we were like, yeah, what the fuck is going on? They were like, we're really sorry. We've got Snoop Dogg down here. What? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? And he like smoked out the entire no building. No way. <laughs> yeah. You've never, how have, how have you not told me this? I know, like, I'll be honest with you, that, that place is a re- so Chocodero is really weird because there's a lot of like, theft around that Soho area there's like a lot of drug addicts and things like that so you know like I've been in the classical music section and be like what is that I'm like oh that's a human shit brilliant <laughs> <laughs> like you know there's there's a lot of weirdness but then you know I, I, I left that company and you know went around travelled <clears> the world went to Japan you know went and like looked at clothes that actually did fit me now then but don't fit me now um, you know America kind of like really like took in all the cultures and like a big part of me when I go travelling I know it's for you Matt is like you know it's the food to drink but it's also the shopping yeah I like plan what shops I want to go to. Like, you know, I went to every like Bape store. I went all the way to Silver Lake to go to Mohawk General store when I was in LA. And like, that's where I bought my, my scent. And <laughs> Well, the one you still got now? Yeah. Fucking hell. How long have you had that? Well, I've bought new bottles of it. God. <laughs> but you smell like 100 Jordich. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was doing that. And then um, I kind of went that I felt that it wasn't for me anymore. I mean, I love retail. It's like my favorite thing. That's why I love getting people that worked in retail on, on this podcast. Yeah. I think we always talk about you're either going to be a retail person or you're like a hospitality person. Like, you know, you've got to cut your teeth in one of those jobs because they yeah. teach you how to interact with people and like code switch a bit and just instill some like hard work and also like how to go to the pub till whatever time and then still get to work the next day because you start at like exactly. 11. You know, you can turn up kind of drunk and hungover. Yeah. And then, yeah, then I went to university to study as a mature student because I didn't have the grades because. Uh, with where I'm from people just go nah, you're not going to make anything with yourself kind of thing yeah. Um, and yeah I started advertising got an internship and started working for a company called Protein I had a couple of internships for that but working on brands like Converse Absolute Vodka Dove no that's oh, later yeah. Jägermeister Lee Jeans stuff like that and like, actually learning how the industry works so what kind of stuff were you doing with finding these brands pictures I was finding pictures <laughs> for decks at this stage so that, this is what I think a lot of people you know so my job title now is creative director and a lot of people like, isn't everyone's Mine's in real life on LinkedIn, not just on my <laughs> Instagram bio. Um, but yeah, no, but that's exactly it. Everyone's like, I'm a creative director. I was like, you can't be a creative director of like an agency. I mean, people can because there's yeah. people that are geniuses, but like not every fucking idiot is a creative director. Like I spent years just literally like picture sourcing, writing decks, you know, you weren't allowed to pitch for the first year. And you know, these things like you actually learn how the industry works and the processes you need to have to, to move forward in the creative industries. And like, I can't think who you're talking to. They're talking about interning. And it's like, it's such an important part the pay shit so for example our interns we pay the London living wage yeah not the internally runs Instagram they don't get paid nothing <laughs> um, that's passion <laughs> exactly passionate hate for you exactly um, but you learn like by watching and like assessing all these things and like it's quite humbling I think that's important because in this industry everyone's got a f- massive ego so you kind of like if you can kill the ego before it becomes the monster it's great <laughs> fuck's sake 
I know that sounds like really bad TED Talk stuff there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but isn't a podcast about having an ego? Isn't that why people start podcasts? I mean, you started the podcast, mate. So <laughs> I was forced into the podcast, saying I am twisted. We'll get into that later on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you know, I was doing that then. I was like, working as a creative strategist, copywriting, art direction, moving on to things, doing shoots and like learning how that process works. And then, yes, went worked for a few different places. I ended up doing, yeah, Dove commercials which was fucking horrendous honestly like Unilever I'm not even gonna take sponsorship for the pod from them it's fucking horrendous <laughs> working there we, I was there like four days a week they used to give us our own little office yeah. we were working across like two dub brands Cornetto Magnum I mean they paid well like I mean not to me it was, I was working for someone else but the toxicity that existed in those big places was horrendous Yeah. Um, and then yeah we basically won this KFC deal we pitched on it we won it and it, Paddy McGuinness was in it so, and basically so my job was creative director at this time and I was Still, I still quite a new young creative director. So my first ever shoot as a creative director was the worst shoot I've ever been on in my life. And which was? It was a Dove commercial. We shot in Shoreditch. We were there for like seventeen hours. Matt Brown turned up late with all the cool, with all the cool sheets um, <laughs> and like everyone's sides and stuff like that. Phil turned up for like twenty minutes. Went, oh, this looks like a shit show. And left. And I was like. <laughs> The founders of the business didn't turn up. It was just me. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Why Why does anyone let me? I'm a fucking idiot. Why is anyone doing this? And I was, the funny thing is, once about fashion, I remember exactly what I was wearing that day. I was wearing a Bianca Chandon hoodie and a Call Me 917 t shirt. Because I remember someone being like, oh, you know they're owned by the same company. I was like, yes. <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> But it's just weird that like, you get these memories. Like that's what I love about clothes. Well, I always like relate a piece of clothing to a certain thing or a certain time or a certain person. So, what does your wardrobe look like now? Are you a hoarder, or do you can you let things go, or do things just attach to you? I can let stuff go. My brother has a vintage. He sells like vintage clothing, and it's quite curated. I just give him loads of clothes to sell all this. So over lockdown, I sold like five grand's worth of clothes. Mainly because it doesn't fit me anymore. Because, you know, once you hit 30, I swear to you, it's, it's different. It's different. Like, but yeah, I, there's only like, I think one piece that I still own that doesn't fit me. And that was like my grail piece. Also, I just realized I know all the questions on this podcast and I've actually not thought about the answers to them. <laughs> Yeah, so it was this Junior Watanabe shirt that I had, and I wanted it for so long. I think I bought it when you were at market, and uh, yeah, I just can't get rid of it. And it's is it the so... blue patchwork one? Yeah, yeah. Did you not have that for sale at the sample sale? And I was going to buy it off you. Yeah, but I probably put it like at a really stupid price because <laughs> I was like, I don't really want to sell it. <laughs> but you know, like you know, I bought you know I had Prada jogging bottoms and I yeah. loved them, but I was like, no, I'm going to move on to <clears> that refresh. My wardrobe now is like it's quite boring. I think I feel like I've got what? a bit boring. Man. I mean, I mean, no, me. like I feel like it's nice to have nice pieces, but for me, it's my I mean, my trousers at the moment are purely just jeans. Yeah. Jeans are maybe like... That's because the lovely people at Levi's uh, sent us a load of jeans. I mean, That's you're why. not going to lie, that is made of as well. So I probably have like three pairs of jeans, a pair of stay press, a few pairs of like trouserish kind of stuff and then like a handful of t-shirts and just all knitwear it's knitwear and jackets but I can never bring myself to sell good jackets well that's the problem I've, yeah. got, I've got like a lot of like jackets and I don't need that many jackets because no. um, I mainly wear like three exactly yeah but I think yeah I think with me my style you mainly wear the one Prada that's not even yours I mainly wear the one Prada that is mine actually <laughs> He <laughs> stole it, you bastard. I'm talking about my other Prada jacket. Which one? The puffer? Yeah. Oh, I didn't right, steal yeah. that. Yes. Do you want to just explain the stolen Prada story rather than just sound like you've stolen Prada? No, because they might listen and ask for it back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, stole it off me. Yeah, but they, they didn't mean to send it to you. Um, Very true. Yeah, so, you know, like my style as well is like, I like dressing quite smart at times, but I'll also wear like tracksuits all the time. The so. fucking green tracksuit. <laughs> the bottoms on that are sick. The Levi's one. Yeah, yeah. Solid. Yeah, just, you know, wore it the other day, just why not? <laughs> just, yeah. But, you know, I love like knitwear and I'm sure we'll go into talking about some brands because there's like a few brands that 
Have you done this pod before? Yeah, so. I have. And, you know, so what I used to wear in the, the past was, honest. actually, I've worn some horrendous outfits in the past. I think when me and Matt first knew each other, it was probably when I dressed my best, actually. Oh, he's looking. He's thinking. he's thinking. <laughs> but I think we dressed really well back back then. Well, what was like your first big purchase? So when I was younger, I had like I was always like a little bit of like a hustler. Like I always worked out how to like get money. So I had like two paper rounds because I realised if I took the two smallest paper rounds, it paid better than taking the one big paper round, and you deliver less papers. Sick. Yeah. And I used to save up my money and go to Boys Base. It was like a shop that sold clothes. But what would you compare it to now? Nothing, mate. It was it was, it was one of a kind. It was an icon iconic store. But it's, what is it like an independent store? Yeah, or so is it's, it like it's an independent. Vintage- multi-brand sure. retailer right so yeah so it's called boys base and i'd go and i'd buy like ted baker jumpers and french connection t-shirts when it was like fc uk nice and i used to basically in my wardrobe i had a itemized list of what was in there because it was obviously there was a really loads. yeah so it'd be like fucking hell you nerd ted- <laughs> exactly i was born to go into retail mate <laughs> and i was like 13 i'm talking about and literally i remember like blue velour ted baker long sleeve like navy Ted Baker jumper orange French connection knit but you know I'd save up and like every like two weeks I'd go buy an item so I was very much like like that I didn't need like we I didn't have nice shoes or anything like that my mum never bought us we couldn't afford that stuff how many boxes did you have boxes yeah surely if you have a list of clothes you get wedged all the fucking time (laughs) well no one came around my house mate because everyone lived in really nice houses and I lived in like a one bedroom flat with like four (laughs) five of us so Try to avoid people coming around. And that's probably why I did the list as well, because, like, you know, I, I've had brothers, and, like, Callum, who's my brother, would still lose my fucking clothes as I got older. Um, so that's probably that's probably where it started, like, itemised stuff. But, you know, I was like, then when I got a bit more money, I was like, going to buy Diesel jeans when Diesel had a moment, and it's come full circle, and, like, Diesel yeah. T-shirts, and, like, really fucking terrible outfits. Like, I was a big indie kid, which we don't have to go into. Go on, let's go into some of your worst fits. So, yeah, so... <sighs> right, so the question, obviously, is, what is the worst trend you've been a part of, the worst fit of all time? But I feel like with you, we could go into a few of your shit fits <laughs> please <laughs> okay I think I, okay what I'm going to start with is this isn't the worst bit, it was just the worst idea so I went to school and it was a really like mishmash of places it was in the school was in like an okay area but there's two private schools in that area so everyone who went to that school came from all like the neighbouring neighboring areas that weren't nice yeah so what you shouldn't do is try and be different in those schools <laughs> yeah so yeah. our uniform was just like a black woolly jumper I decided to get like a black sweater vest Oh my god! School every day. Fuck's sake! Yeah, I look like a fucking prick. I'm aware of that. Will from the Inbetweeners. Yeah, yeah. Basically, that's exactly. It. I said to someone the other day, I was like, they were like, "What were you like?" I oh, whatever, like 17, 16, 17. I was like, "Well, I was essentially, in my eyes, the two lead characters from the OC. I was like half <laughs> Seth, half Ryan. Like, feel like I was like unemotional, brooding from the wrong side of the tracks, but also love Def Cafe Cutie. <laughs> it was like that's how I describe it. But yes, that was that was a bad that was a bad start to my career in fashion. Yeah. Uh, the indie days were interesting, you know, lots of skinny jeans, lots of All Saints women's jeans. Nice. We have then red sock and big brown winkle pickers. Well, how um, do you think you got into fashion originally? If, like, you wanted to do that like, school uniform? Mate, I've not, honestly, I literally have no idea. Like, it's, you know, I wanted to be a footballer growing up, and they're definitely not known for their fashion taste. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know where those two words collided. I genuinely, I've no, my mum's a punk. Yeah. And. Are you fucking taking the piss out of me now? <laughs> no, no, no. My mum's a punk and very, like, anti-establishment like kind of not anymore was you know but like yeah. it's really funny like that she had all these vintage like 70s Ramones t-shirts and stuff like that and like Sick. but like I didn't fucking know about that but I think maybe some some part of that like they'd always like pushed us to be like a bit more arty and stuff like that whereas that's not what people did so I think maybe just that's all I do 
expression yourself is kind of what I took from it. Like this French connection knit was like bright orange. And I worked a non-uniform day and I remember <laughs> walking to school absolutely <laughs> shitting myself just being like... Big fucking <laughs> luminous target. Mate, massive orange, big white. It was, it was actually sick, like funnel neck. It was sick. Nice. Um, I wore it like twice because it was so leery and like, yeah, I said, you don't really want to stand out too much. Or repeat outfits. Or repeat outfits. <laughs> Never want to repeat outfits. But yeah, the indie days were weird. I mean, lots of fucking like vests, check shirt, waistcoats. Uh, going on there <sighs> yeah, I mean you've seen the photos I have it, seen the I think the worst part about it is the hair though that's like you know for people that I've got like a lot of like hair going on back then <laughs> like you know it was, it was Bieber slash yeah. emo vibes Bieber do you know what? here's the worst thing I think we've spoke about this before with someone else where I used to wear two polo t-shirts oh fucking hell yeah I remember that now <laughs> yeah so two polo t-shirts and then I remember going to some store and buying one that had it already stitched in as well oh yeah, it was a it was a life changing moment for me. Yeah, there's some there's some photos that I have from like holidays where I'm just like I can't let anyone see this. <laughs> I can't. Like, what am I doing? What's an interesting thing is I used to take the piss out of you for wearing Fred Perry. Yeah, but that's when I started earning money. That's you know I said that I was buying diesel jeans, but I'd be buying like Fred Perry and like actually like penguin uh, yeah. polos and things like that. And like I think they're almost like a gateway into like moving you on to like Smedley's or yeah, Alba. Definitely, because that's the whole thing. It's yeah. a gateway to menswear. Yeah, because then I'd, then I'd go, go buy Carhartt. Yeah, and then APC, and then that's you know that's that journey. And I think it keeps going and evolving you don't get stuck in like the same thing over and over again that's it to the present the present mate so yeah not only were you doing PAQ you did Bad Canteen you basically did you launch Bad Canteen you went over from PAQ to Bad Canteen yeah so what happened like what happened was is there was a core team on PAQ who made it really work and that was like this won't work for other people but like it was you know Matt Brown Jonah Kayo Moscow Rippers Jake Meeks Max this was like there was a core Diogo like there was a core group of people who really fucking made it tick and elevated it then they moved on to Bad Canteen and then when the show when PQ started to really pick up yeah the investors in Kyra said you need to move that team back onto PAQ ah because they were like they're the guys who knows how, know how to do it focus on yeah, that's PAQ the identity so that's kind of what happened so yeah and then I, I you know I worked in every role in that company basically I cam opt <laughs> 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 no, so my, my main role for the period was like director of PAQ, creative director of PAQ. Then I was like creative director of Kyra because they had a few things, and then I was commercial creative director. So working at working with the sales team, so people like Sam and Marina and Stu and Jono on how to really like not bastardize what we made. Yeah, which, you know, and we didn't always do it successfully. That's one thing I will say. Sometimes we did kind of go, oh, that wasn't the, that wasn't the best one. But yeah. there was somewhere we were like, actually, it kind of worked. And like, yeah, like obviously teaming up with people as well. Like we try and get a like, YouTube crossover, and we realise it does nothing for us. So it's. That, was, that, was, that wasn't my era, thank God. I feel so sick. bad for Kaya. But it's like, it is very trial and error. Like, we were all learning as we went. And I think yes. there was definitely mistakes were made. And yeah, no one, no one could have predicted what happened. And no one could have predicted, like, where it was going to. So you kind of have to make these mistakes. Like, it, like you're saying, it could have been bastardised very easily by doing brand deals all the time. And then saying to people, yeah, but it's to keep the lights on. But if you're losing subscribers and you're not hitting that audience, then what's the fucking and point? that was always the worry. That was always the worry. But then, then basically I became, for a very quick, hot second the managing director of Kyra did you? yeah that's when Matt got moved into my role and basically it just you know wasn't creative I suppose and like it was lots of spreadsheets and yeah I'm your favourite yeah my favourite so then yeah so PAQ ended and then we got to so yeah then the Matt, gun makers arms oh the gun makers so yeah we, we decided we'd, we'd actually left I'd left Kyra by this point already yeah I left I left before everything went down I left before the pandemic yeah Matt was still there and I was like stay there because one of us needs to earn money basically <laughs> no matter how much he resists it we basically are life partners <laughs> no? okay fine um 
Yeah, so we, we, we decided we wanted to launch our own <clears throat> agency. Matt um, is a producer, our other friend's stylist, and me as a creative director. And we were like, let's launch our own thing. And at this time, we were all very good friends. Like, we'd go to the pub most days. I mean, we'd, look, you, we'd the, live near each other. So we spent a lot of time together. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Not just you. Like, those boys were, like, literally, like, my family. Like, you know, I, I, was, t- I was telling someone a story the other day where <laughs> Shaq woke up. He was so drunk, I took him home. And uh, oh. he, yeah, well, you say that. <laughs> he woke up. <laughs> And thought he'd been like taken to um, some random man's house. He was like, <laughs> and he was like, I was trying to work it out for ages whose it was. And he's like, and I went in the hall and I saw your hat. And I was like, oh, it's Jordan's house. So I was like, how did you not just look on the fridge? There was like 20 photos of me on the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like you guys were family. Like, I mean, get what, a fr- cool photos. Is that supposed to be a joke? Yeah, it's a fridge. Cool photos. Wow. Come on. Come on. But like, even like, I think we talked about this with Dex, like, again, that phone call, I was on holiday with my girlfriend at the time, and when he got taken to hospital, and it just like, I was like, I'm coming back. And I was like, what's wrong with you? No, you're not. Stay, stay on holiday. You know, like, it was, it was like such a strong bond between everyone, and but especially you, because I think, you know, you'd moved down, you didn't know as many people. Yeah. And we like introduced you to a lot of our friends. Yeah. And I think, you know, stylistically, there was more similarities in like the way we dress so when we talk about clothes we could introduce you to other brands and people that worked in brands and things like that yeah definitely like our styles very much aligned so it made a lot of sense and i remember there's even times we just do rogue stuff so you wanted to make a creative agency and you started and i remember you could have said we're starting an agency i'd be like sick do you want me and it could have been as simple as that but you were like no we need to do this properly and i remember we went to the gun makers arms in farringdon yes yeah, you, like- you sat me down you pulled out a laptop and you'd written out a full-blown deck and I think that was the start of our professional yeah. Well, professional I, career. I think that's the thing. So we, we wanted to start a creative agency because that's what our background was in, not talent management. But we also knew like the way you worked. And it's, I suppose it's a two- You knew the brands are like, you well, knew- Well, there's, there's a twofold thing here. Is one, we knew that we could look after you the best because of our relationship. And like, you know, if we knew what you don't like, what you do like, what you don't like, you know, like if there's certain like traveling you don't like, and so it's just that shit. And like, yeah. we, we'd never force you to do anything you didn't want to do. But also in a totally selfish way, but like if we're working with you, we can actually make really good content for you, charge a bit of a premium to these companies. And actually we have a really nice show reel because the hardest thing to start a company is to get work. Yeah. Us working with you, like you helped us launch our business because we would then invest the money. Just say we got paid, this is a made up figure, 10 grand by brand. Yeah. for a post by you yeah we could then instead of you walking away where, where's normally you could walk away with 10 grand because you take a photo and thing yeah we'd invest five grand into actually making a film yeah and that was great for you because you were used to making really good content on youtube but it was great for us because it gave us a bit of a showreel yeah. as well and i think that's a, a thing to think about if you ever want to start something is like how do you how do you start getting a bit of body of work how do you stand out as well yeah and that's it so like we we used you as a leverage as a foot in the door to some of these brands but it was also from a personal thing we just didn't want you to like end up at some shit agency where you're just like a number and they don't care about you and yeah like, ex-youtuber ex-youtuber sending you like fucking like boohoo deals and shit like that do you know what I mean yeah, yeah so yeah, so, yeah but we, we, that was the thing is we knew we could have said Danny you have to just like, milk it for the next yeah, Danny, year Danny you have to come work with us and you go okay cool yeah but we wanted to show you we were serious and wanted to show you like your mum and dad as well because obviously they, they knew us yeah um, but they didn't know actually like our full back- backgrounds and like what we do for livings so I felt it was quite important to show you our thought process on how we would elevate you as an individual and navigate your career and help I suppose creatively direct your career yeah 
so yeah that's how and also because you know I'm a lazy bastard so it makes sense yeah well that's it I, I was worried that you know you just actually wouldn't sign with anyone and you end up working back at skate park <laughs> <laughs> so where does Magnus come into this so we were close to Magnus from PAQ Days he basically saw the content we were making and at the time he was um, he wasn't rep- he's never been repped exclusively so he was repped by Wilhelmina Models and EYC Cora Magnus is Wilhelmina yeah pretty sure Fucking hell. And he basically was like, I need to go to the pub with you two. And we're like, okay, fine. And we're like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> and uh, he, no, but basically, he's just like, I really like the content you guys are doing, Danny, and what you're doing with him, and how you're working with him. Like, I want to work with you guys. And we were like, you know, we didn't get into this business to be like talent managers. That's yeah. not what we want to do. But like, again, yeah, like Magnus is a friend. And we were like, cool, well, let's do it. And he was like, I don't want to commit to anything. I was like, no, like, you know, He's still getting brand deals through Cora. Yeah. You know, like, we also wouldn't want to go, like, poach talent. Like, that's not a good, good, like, good vibes. Yeah. You know, we, we work with, like, Cora's talent on the podcast. You know, we had Parisa yeah. on here. Like, Leo's going to come on here. Cora's going to come on here. Kai's going to come on here. Joey. I mean, yeah. Like, it's better to have a good relationship with everyone in the industry. So, like, he wanted to work with us. And I think he just, he mainly wanted to work with us more on, like, a production y kind of helping him with the creative and, like, yeah. elevating his content. So, we did, like, a Depop thing with him. And then we made his film for, he did a collaboration with Solivaire with Running. Yeah. Sick. So Love we, that one. So, we, came up with this idea for him and like pitched it to him and sort of made this film it was like a really nice film with some nice little cut downs and I mean that, that I mean it would have sold out anyway but I do think that they these films tell the story of that collaboration really nicely yeah you can purchase it because you like Magnus or you can purchase it because you see the craft that goes into it and it feels like you're actually holding something well, worthwhile I'll, rather than I'll, like... I'll say that running for me actually is no longer Magnus's brand I think he's he's done a good job of detaching himself from it enough that it's his standalone brand yeah definitely people buy it now because it's a good brand yeah, so I just want to back, agree. just back him up there. That's all, isn't it? It's weird because we don't really we do a few of these influencer deals with Magnus, but we we work on other projects. So we did that, and then we've been working on a we've done a couple of like sales with Depop, yeah, where we take over a whole event, a whole sort of massive event space, and we invite our friends because we're really fortunate that like we've got friends who are uh, fashion influencers or fashion writers, yeah, or who work in the business. So we had like yourself. I was going to read off the names of people who've been on this podcast, basically. But, you, know, <laughs> you like Tora, Mike. Magnus, uh, we had like Nat Winter, Louis Holes, Jude and Sam. Jude and Sam came to the last one, yeah. Yep. Like who do Picante? Who they'll be coming on the podcast? Like all these amazing people, and they got in- insane clothes. But the problem is, it's so long selling it all. Yeah, yeah. So we basically like decided to do it. Get same thing. Let's do this sale. Let's see how it goes. You know, we've got a bit of reach between all of us. And yeah, two thousand people. Yeah, two thousand people turned up to the first one. Um, Not saying it. Yeah, you decided to just bring seven coats and just chat to everyone. <laughs> Twelve jackets. Yeah, so I actually bought 12 jackets because I thought I was going to bring them down to London and then go back up north, but I didn't have the chance. I basically just stayed in London for the whole week. So I had 12 jackets. I'm pretty sure I sold about five of them and then started to pack away the other lot. And yeah, it was a disaster for but here's, No, it wasn't a disaster because here's the thing. Like, it's great because actually we have all these clothes. You know, I was selling like Com and Kiko and stuff like that from like other people as well. Yeah. It was great. You know, I wanted to, people who came to mine got a deal. They were getting like New Balance 990s for like 20 quid. Yeah. Because I, I fucking price mine so high originally as well. I, yeah, was, I want a thousand pounds for this jacket. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you're not getting a thousand pounds for that fucking jacket. But this, this is the whole point is you could come and you could get actually really fucking sick stuff for such a good price. And yeah. gonna, we are going to do it again. We want to do it bigger next time essentially. So in yeah. the new year, we're going to do it again with like 40 people. And, you know, like we're going to have like a festival and we're going to have like, you know, we're going to have people playing. Like this is Sick. so And this is what we've been working on with Magnus is this side of the business. So I think he really respects that idea of the creative and the strategy that we bring. And that's what we do with him, basically. And for me, you do the arguing for me. And for <laughs> you, you do, do all it. the emails, the but reach. <laughs> it, I mean, look, here's the other thing is like, we put out a cut down the other day about like, 
gifting and those were like this is really tone deaf but it's like it's i don't think it's tone deaf because actually firstly that's not what the, that particular one was about but also like it's just a part of the business it happens yeah to, to, to not even reference it's silly because it's funny and like that's what is the most mad part about what we do is because of now working with you i get to do the fucking stupidest stuff and that's why you didn't go home <laughs> to get those jackets you know like we get given these maseratis for the weekend to drive to this wedding which is amazing for one of our best friends so we drive back and then we fly first class venice. to venice to the, to the film festival and like you know they're, like, the red carpet. they're like you're going the red carpet i'm like i'm not going to the red, red carpet they go down the fucking red carpet like, yeah, you cool. want the red carpet as yeah, well and, but you know then like then it's like yeah going to you go to prada event and, like what's amazing is like you know armani like as the plus one i thought i was very much me the plus one they treated it like talent i walked in as gifting everywhere like they were like the best armani beauty Unreal. i love them forever now yeah but like that's the other side of this is like you know there's some great financial stuff it's great working with one of your best friends and actually i guess some of the most amazing things that i never ever would be able to do <laughs> it's so wrong because obviously brands are trying to innovate and like stand out again so you get to do the maddest fucking shit because it's who can top everyone yeah yeah it's wild it's wild and like we kind of marry that with our business that matt and i run which is a creative agency called rayon vert and we work with brands like Activision, uh, Speedo, Dr. Martins, On Running, Levi's. We did a huge campaign with Levi's, which is like amazing, one of the best things we've ever done. And like, even today, I was walking with past, previous guest Corbin Shaw. With Corbin Shaw, we commissioned Corbin to make an artwork for us. It's in the store. You know, we work with Young Philly on that. And like, even today, I was walking down the street and one of the buses with like the logo and the lockups that we designed and like worked on, did the strategy for, drives past. It's like, it's really cool. And like, you know, it's tiring, it's knackering and it's, you know, hard work. But yeah. it's so rewarding as well. And it's like what we want to do. And like having the work with you on the, the side is like so great. And this podcast is like so great. And like, it's so fun. Cause what it does is it doesn't, it makes you not become really like monotonous in your work. Yeah. Cause that can be boring. You can, like everyone, this is what I mean. Everyone wants to be a creative director. No one actually knows what creative director does. Yeah. Yeah. And I always talk to this about people. I think I may have mentioned it to you. Like everyone's like, oh, I want to be a creative director. It's like, well, actually for me, once you're creative director level, you do a lot less creative than when you're like a junior creative or like a senior. Yeah. Your job is commerciality. How do I make sure that the brand stays present throughout this and it makes sense? And it's communication. How do we communicate this message overall? But also more importantly, how do I communicate the vision to everyone working on this campaign? Yeah. So it doesn't get, doesn't feel detached. So like, but what it'd be, you'll come up with the idea. You and Matt will work on it. I'm like, I like these elements. I like these elements. Put them together, marry them, come back and see me. You guys come back with the thing. I'm like, yeah, love it. Here's a little sprinkle on top. Let's go. Nice. Well, we're not here to talk about work. Here, obviously, about fashion. Yeah. So like, what brands are you wearing at the moment? Yeah, well, right now, I suppose that's a good indicator of, of, of what I'm wearing. I can sort of go into some more, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. So I'm wearing like Birkenstock Bostons, not in your house, I know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, super, Supreme st- socks. They, I'm bringing Supreme back. I'm, that's the tightest thing I've ever said. Like Supreme's coming back. I'm like, I sold all my Supreme. Yeah. And now, as soon as I sold the last item, I was like, I'll start buying Supreme again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing Albam Carpenter pants in white, which are really good actually. I don't know if I just got them. So I don't know if no, no, no one's complimenting. Are I'm still going online? So Albam got bought by Four Marketing. Yeah. Who are basically owned by Sports Direct, Mike Ashley, yeah. Fraser's Group. And the quality, not the quality, I suppose the design and stuff all kind of went a bit, mm. but what is great is, because it's a small brand, they get discounted so heavily, but we, yeah. we know the quality of the product. So I wear a lot of Alban because I get it super cheap, Yeah, um, but it's really good quality. Uh, then went ALD t-shirt nice. and a Story MFG overshirt. Perfect. You know, my favorite brands, if I had unlimited money, I'd probably be head to toe Prada all day. Yeah. Um, it's definitely like from like a working class background, I was, you know, the linear roster stuff's all you ever wanted to be where you like the kids 
would have like fake cups on at PE you know, <laughs> stuff like that like that little because you know I suppose it's so subtle with the little red tag and you're like fuck so yeah. that's, that's why of all the high end brands the one, that, the one that I buy is Prada yeah um, yeah like Junior's my favourite brand of all time although again post 30 don't fit into it anymore <laughs> um, like I used to wear like a lot of Noah that's I suppose going from wearing that like, Palace and Supreme so when I first started like album I'd sort of turn up in some selvage denim from like APC and like a Palace t-shirt mm. then I suppose that, that Noah going into Noah afterwards was like Bianca Chandon there's that grown skate culture thing which I was really really into then I mean my favourite brand that I probably wear the most now like it's very small but it's money yeah so again they'll see in the cut downs the only picture they use of me because you know I like <laughs> is uh, in a green kind of like knit wool it's like a cotton blend overshirt kind of cardigan thing yeah and like Ben who runs the business he sent us the new ones so like these Honestly, when I wear them, people go wild for them. So everyone should be, be like looking for that brand, Monet Monte Carlo. It's like, I think it could blow next yeah. next summer. Yeah. It's a like, bit like a Percival way. For, for, like, for me, it's like Casablanca, but less garish. Yeah. Because obviously they've both got that sort of Mediterranean vibe. Yeah. What they've done is think about like the production elements, which Mike does, because they, I've got like this wall, one of them. And yeah. I put it in the washing machine. I didn't realize it was in there. And it's now about this big size of an A4 sheet of paper. <laughs> Uh, and I messaged Ben and was like, this is before I knew him. And I was like, oh, hey, I've shrunk this. But then the new ones you can wash because they're, they're like cotton. And that's why, again, like, ah. he hasn't just repeated the same products. He's like learned from it and developed it. And it's like a really exciting brand. So that's a brand that I love. Gucci loafers, always, for life, always. always. New What's... Balance. Oh, New Balance. Yeah, New Balance. Oh, my 990, God, yeah. 992, 903, any other New Balance I'd wear. Maybe what are some like, exciting brands that are around at the moment? Even if you don't buy them or wear them, like what? What is cool right now? ERL, I suppose. ERL, sir. ERL is cool. Like I like AGR. AG on it. So it's a yeah. I like. I love knitwear. You look really great in AG on it. Actually, they Thank just send you some more stuff. I <laughs> little plug. <laughs> yeah, there's like cool brands like you know Robin Lynch. Like I suppose like Robin Lynch, Priya, Alualia, and Saul Nash kind of do this whole like. They're of an era, they all know each other. When they first came out, it was like, you know, kind of tracksuit based. It's the Antwerp 6, but for London. <laughs> From Hackney, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hackney 3. You know, like, I really like all their stuff because it is that sort of like laid back kind of style. You've got the big designers or like the people that are about to blow up by going to a big house like Grace Wells Bonner, that Adidas stuff is probably the best collab stuff I've seen in a long time. Yeah. It feels really thought out and the campaign films are really great. Who do you think is going to head at Louis Vuitton? Martin Rose is going there. Oh, has it been confirmed? I'm confirming it now. Is this official? I've got my sources. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think Martin Rose fitted it the best. I don't know, Matt, can you quickly help me out with some more brands, please? I kind of can't think. Even though, This is the worst thing is I knew I was coming to this podcast and I did this podcast every week and I didn't think to like... Look. Do your revision. So South to West Eight, like that's the best trousers I own. I like, I love my engineer garments, jackets, like... Always oh yeah really, yeah so like you know that's actually so that's a really exciting brand actually always do what you should do yeah like you know nick really well who runs it you know yes i was wearing a thing by a token and always collab yeah i like i like so we love like surf culture i've always been into skate culture really into surf culture and there's a really cool store in Biarritz called sunburn store and the buyer there's really cool so they stock like cremate which is our friend's incense but yeah they'll do they'll stock always they'll stock token and these like little collab things but it's really interesting because it's a little small town in south of france yeah the always stuff they had like these all black tracksuits which you know sold out like that everywhere else and they just had it in the store yeah. <laughs> um which is really cool you want to talk about like the best brands of all time and this is stolen by my muse matt brown he he introduced me to the brand whatever 10 years ago our legacy yeah 10 years ago when i met him he's like 
What's your favorite brand? I was like, APC. I think it was really cool. I was yeah. like, what's yours? Like, our legacy. I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's when you can only buy on like Trebien, basically. Oh. And like watching how that brand's developed and the way they work with fabrics. And it looks boring to some people, some of it. I mean, not all of it. Some of it's fucking mental. Yeah. But that was the whole thing back in the Mike's day. Mike's trousers. <laughs> Mike's trousers, his shirts. Like, yeah. They're like, but the way they use fabric to help the garment move and construct it is like second to none in my opinion yeah but you know a lot of people are into it now but it's been around for so long you know if i had loads of money i just want to wear loads of laura piana oh my gosh yeah i just want to look like i, I want to look like you um, want to look in, like, in succession you uh, want to look like danny lomas in the hate beast laura piana campaign that's releasing like the 14th of november yes that's exactly it but and you know like if again like money do you have any laura piana no mate because i have two and a half grand to buy a fucking <laughs> jumpy prat <laughs> neither do i have still got it <laughs> I don't talk to him anymore. But no, like Drees, I love like Drees when that was like, again, every year I'd kind of look for something in the South from Drees. Yeah. And the Rogue one, if I went for like a Rogue one that I really like is Loewe. Yeah. I really like Loewe. I, I don't think, know if that's Rogue. I think, for, I think for me it is Rogue, but it's because I love holiday wear and I feel like yeah. Loewe just does. You are very resort. Yeah. You know, I, I, love, how, yeah. I, I love like a camp collar with tiny little shorts and some Gucci loafers. You love Man United shorts with Javianas. That's the resort wear that you like. I don't like this And an kids. old England football <laughs> shirt. Yeah obviously chatting about brands and that lot so jordan's laptop gets so many inquiries about me <laughs> let's go with that me and magnus that your laptop sits on fire sets your house on fire what are you keeping on that list <laughs> you can see if one item of clothing from your wardrobe what would it be and why okay so i absolutely trashed the tom sack so it's not those <laughs> i think i'm not going to go with something emotional some people go with something emotional like i've got my like my first like liverpool kit from when i was like five you know? yeah but that's not my mum's house so i don't need to save that I think it's got to be price-wise. So I'm going to go with my Prada all-black puffer jacket that... Oh, but everything in your wardrobe, you'd save a black Prada puffer. I mean, it's three grand, mate. I'm not buying that ever. That makes sense. I also didn't pay three grand for it. Just to... <laughs> we, an we, we were very lucky enough to work with Prada and they definitely sorted us out with some huge discounts. <laughs> but yeah, like, I think I'm not going to be able to rebuy that. Yeah, of course. Because um, as you said, broke boy. Or maybe actually <laughs> what I should save is my watch. Yes. That is very true. Do you want to tell a story about the watch really quick? I'm not a big watch person and Matt Brown, who's my business partner, invested all his money into crypto and then lost it all. Like everyone <laughs> invested into crypto. And I luckily the day <laughs> the day the day he was convincing me to get into crypto, I like it refused to let me and the next day was the crash. <laughs> and I was like, that's God telling me not to get involved in crypto. So I've had no 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 nothing to do. But I was like I was like, I never buy myself anything really that expensive. Yeah. And you know, we were on this podcast and you guys talk about watches a lot. And I'd always wanted a tank and you and I, we'd gone to an event with a rake and you you bought a tank and I was very pushing you. I was pushing you into getting it. I was like, buy yeah. it, buy it, buy it. We were going to... I mean, I was definitely soft the moment I saw it, yeah, but you were I encouraging know. me no, as well. Yeah. I was like, look, it's an investment. It's great. Um, and I was in the airport and you were late to meet me at the airport. <laughs> so I was wandering around T5 by myself, being lonely. And I kind of went into Cartier and was like just trying on watches. And then I called you. I was like, where are you? Please come here. I think I might buy a watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shitting myself. Can you come here? <laughs> then I called Mike Key and was like, Mike, I don't want to Leather buy. or steel. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so I, bought, I bought this uh, Cartier tank and it was like my first, I suppose, really big purchase. And it's between that and the Prada that I'd save. Can't believe Cartier is going to get cancelled tomorrow, and there's going to be a huge crypto spike just to spite you. <laughs> Can you start one of those Reddit forums where we <laughs> cancel Cartier? Yeah. Absolutely not, love Cartier. Anyway, move to the future, I guess. I feel like we're flying through this, and it's nice because obviously 
us two being on the podcast, this is very much uh, a you-based interview. I think going forwards, we'll do ones where it's just me and you chatting through random shite, where yeah, there's topics sure. that'll happen on the weeks. We've been doing this kind of, maybe more often, but this is the intro into you, whereas we'll obviously do ones where we're just chatting about random stuff. But if it's stories about you, obviously people are going to hear these naturally and organically through just chatting with a guest. Yeah, but I don't think I've said any funny, anything funny enough to go into a cut down yet. So can we like ask some pointed questions about something so I can get some cut downs in here, please? I'm what scared. is the future of the podcast? Oh, fuck. <laughs> is, that, is that your next question? I guess so, yeah. So I think, yeah, what's really exciting about the podcast is we don't look at it as just a podcast. We want to build like a bit of a community around it and like not just a community because everyone everyone says that, but like we feel like it can become a bit more of a platform. So yeah, we're talking about doing more episodes uh, where we where we sit and we talk about like what's happening in fashion this week. We kind of started to do it with the intro to sort of see if there was a, an appetite for it. All these places like the high beast, the high snobs, complexes, they work on paid and like that's what they decide to cover is if it's paid or not. Like for me... You know, some of the guests we've had, like they should have covered it. Like by the end, they said they would no longer cover PAQ because it was a competitor. Like, yeah. So that to me was like a bit of a watershed moment. I was like, oh well, they're not. Tr- it's not true journalism, I suppose. I'm not saying this is at all, but what we do have is our own opinions that yeah can be bought and 100. percent I hope do get bought, but um, <laughs> like you know, like we can have our own opinions. We really like clothes and we like talking about it, and actually all our friends like talking about it. And it's like if we can create something where we can do that, it'd be really great. And we want to do more video. We're talking to a really exciting brand about doing some stuff around Fashion Week and taking the yeah. podcast to the different Fashion Weeks and like you know like talking to people on the streets about like asking the three questions, the three main questions of the podcast, but also like what's your Fashion Week tips? You know, like I think it's really exciting. You know, we've got amazing guests coming on. We're going to go to New York next year yeah. um, to go meet some of them as well because we want, we only really want to do this podcast face to face because it changes the vibe. I think yeah. do it over Zoom so hard. So yeah, we're filming with someone next week from New York who are in the UK. It's going to be amazing. I mean, it kind of relates. Obviously, the podcast is one thing, but also the things you can do off the back of a podcast, such as doing collaboration with brands. Oh yeah, we, we've got, that's a good point. We've got collaboration with brands in the works. We do indeed. Uh, we need to also speak to our boy Nigel Caborn yeah. on Tuesday and just see, pick that one back up as well. That's, so, like, that's the whole thing. I think like we don't see it as just a podcast. We want it to be a lot more, like we want to make more content off the back of it. Like, t- you know, you've been doing some of the TikToks, we've done the solid or horrids and like, yeah. actually can we start making some content again? You know, we're the guys, we all made PAQ, like along with a load of other people, but like, why can we not make more video content that yeah. sits alongside the podcast as part of the universe that all this content exists in. I think that's what we want to do is just make more content essentially and more fun stuff. And like, cause, yeah, cause honestly, fashion's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. <laughs> um, I mean, you will get arrested if you're naked. So it's not that much of a waste. Yeah, true. But it's also fun. So yeah. we also want to keep that fun in it. And that's, I think what's great about you, Dan, as an individual is you're like, you look great. Go on. You dress really well. You got good knowledge. You know, you could be, you could be a twat. You could be a twat. You're, you're like the nicest kid in the world. And that's the one thing that always gets fed back to us. When we work people and all our mates, like you know, he's just the nicest kid. And you, you should be a twat for like what you've achieved and stuff like that. So we want to like harness that energy and put it into everything we make. And I think that's where the podcast is going potentially. Hopefully, is this the meeting we're doing now? We're I was going to say, right what now. you brought me up for? <laughs> is this you pitching to me about the future of the podcast? No. So that, that's where we see the podcast going. More guests, better guests, bigger guests, Hollywood guests. Well, I was going to say, speaking of, should we just name drop a few? Well, what if they don't come on? Okay, let's just go on. Let's go for it. I mean, obviously, if the time's okay, changed, then it's whatever. So we have Throne Fits coming on. Obviously, one of the best fashion podcasts. We listen to it all the time. Second, be- second best po- fashion podcast I know. 
What, after how long gone? Uh, we've got Brad Cow coming on, who's the author <laughs> of uh, A New Formation, which is an amazing book. Um, he looks at the black experience via the lens of football. And he's you know, he spoke to Andy Cole, Ian Wright, people like that. He's going to come on. He's also like the steeziest guy ever. Yeah, Cole's um, fucking sick. We've got Chet Lowe, who's an amazing designer. We've got Asa Butterfield. Who, Oof, he's name dropped him already. He was, you know, a bit of a bit of a big deal in Hollywood. Yeah, um, it's fantastic. So we've been chatting to Ace about it for a while. And then now that we've got the video set up, like after we we trialed it, it went really well. So now I think we can actually get like huge guests on because yeah. it has more of more pull for them as well. I think your boy Francis Bourgeois. Francis Bourgeois Shaquille coming on. Shaquille Aaron Keith once we get the video up and running. Exactly. Yeah, uh, there's there's a few names there that are quite good. I mean, good. yeah, obviously it's hopefully not... like Raven Smith, <clears throat> Fat Tony, yeah, you know, people that we've been chatting to for a long time. It's just about finding the right time to do it. Exactly, I think it's a really exciting time, like especially with the pod. So that's why I think with this episode, we wanted to introduce yourself mainly because we don't actually quite. I mean, I know you very well, but I don't quite know how. Are you much saying you could piece are together? Are you saying I'm mysterious? Why not? <laughs> Tall, dark, and handsome. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> But yeah, so I guess it's like it's a very exciting time. We're moving forward with video a lot more. So I guess this is one of those where it's like before the storm, quite before the madness. I don't know. That's not a fucking phrase. It is now. Yeah, we thought we'd do this. But it's still a podcast in the day. It's still a dance planning podcast. Yes, sir. So we do have the audience questions. Yes, sir. Are you ready for them? Do I not get the final question first? Um, what fucking metaverse or something, innit? <laughs> so what's your dream fit, George? <laughs> well, no, I, uh, I probably wear a tracksuit, mate. Now, I'll tell you exactly where I brought it up, but it wasn't in the podcast, it was off podcast. There's a photo of Mark McNary yeah. wearing a full junior suit. Yeah. It's like a grey tweedy suit yeah. and uh, a junior shirt. Yeah. He's wearing two Converse's that are uh, not odd. Not No, he's not wearing Grenson's, right? <laughs> uh, I'd switch his shoe out for something else, something a bit more fun. Uh, it wouldn't go with it, but I'd wear, yeah, Tom, the Tom Sachs. Tom Sachs, you're beating up Tom Sachs. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd have to get some new ones. It's the metaverse, okay? Very true. Uh, but yeah, it wouldn't go with it, but they're really comfy. They're like, they're, I think they're the best trainer of the last, probably ever. Do you reckon? I think they go with everything. The height's amazing. They're not like a dad shoe. Like, I look yeah. at my 990s and I'm like, ah, they're a bit chunky in it sometimes. These are like a little bit thinner, but they're not like a Samba or something like that. Yeah. So I love that shoe, but otherwise I'll just put on a little... Gucci horse bit loafer with it as well. Class. Happy? Very happy. So usually we do this, we have this behind like the bonus content. So it's a separate episode where we have a run through of questions, but we don't need to do that with you because, I mean, we probably should have done. Do you want to do it? What? No, yeah, let's do it. Come on, let's do it quick. What, we're doing the actual full questions? Let's do it, come on. So usually we have this on the bonus content, but we thought, you know what? No one will download it. <laughs> you are. No one will download it because no one has any idea who I am. So we'll whack it in here. Let's go. Sweet. Jordan Raisin, what is your favourite place to grab a drink? Again, I'm just going to say, I haven't prepped any of this, which is fucking stupid seeing as I help write these questions. <laughs> Fuck uh, okay, my favourite place to grab a drink. Uh, Sagan Wild. Sagan Wild Wine Bar on Hackney Road. Boom. Place for lunch. Fuck, Franco's. Franco's on Riverton Street. <laughs> it's not even it's the best. It's just, there's small business. And, uh, and Troy. Troy Bar in Shoreditch as well. That's it. Favourite date spot? Sagan Wild. Uh... 100%. Don't ever go for food on the first date. Madness. Absolutely madness. So what is a good first date kind of idea then? Go Sagan Wild and fucking have a bottle of wine. Or 10. Favourite multi-brand retail store? Uh, Liberty. Easy. Favourite single brand retail store? Our Legacy. Favourite vintage store? I don't like vintage. It's disgusting. Um, so I'm going to say my favourite vintage store is my best friend's has a vintage furniture store. It's called Oswald Shop. O-S-W-A-L-D-E Shop. And she sells vintage furniture. It's amazing. My whole house is filled with it. It's fucking amazing. You need to go check it out. She's also the coolest person I know in London. 
And my brother's vintage store, which we're gonna like plug the shit out of when it when it relaunches. Sick. Favorite album? Come on, HMV okay. boy. Okay. Uh, Nas, Illmatic, maybe, or I'm going to say I'm talking about this. I'm trying to think as I'm saying Frank Ocean. That's lame. I'm not saying that, but it kind of probably is Frank Ocean. LCD Sound System, Sand Silver, maybe. Yeah. So Frank Ocean then. Favorite song? <laughs> Favorite song of all time is You'll Never Walk Alone. <laughs> no. Okay. Look, the thing is, I'm going to go for like an not an emotional one. Like it is emotional, but it's something that means a lot to me. It's, it's actually their worst album ever. But she talked to Rainbows by the Ramones. Oh right. Yeah, it just means a lot to me. Like I would have picked the Smiths, but obviously. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit techy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> favorite Instagram page. My favorite Instagram page, Oswald Chop. It's sick. Good shirts. And yeah, okay. My favorite Instagram page, as well as Oswald Chop, is good shirts. I've literally been putting everyone onto this. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. And I, I genuinely think if you go on that page and you scroll through and it goes like, "Who liked?" You'll see me on every fucking one. Like <laughs> I've liked, every, and I, I'm not even a massive liker. I'm a bit of a lurker, you know, just going through. Like <laughs> that deserves to be liked. Favorite book. Um, my favourite book of all time is In Cold Blood by Truman Capote or Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. Neither of them are that revolutionary in regards to like, they're not like very, a lot of people say them, a lot of people read them, but that's why I love them because they're two books that got me back into reading when I stopped reading. Favourite movie? My favourite movie, Stock Answer, just because, and this isn't my favourite movie, I just have an answer just because people ask this question. Pulp Fiction? <laughs> no, no, Apocalypse Now. Oh. It's, I went to the BFI to see it. I'd never seen it before. My girlfriend at the time and I walked out Got everyone on me. Need to let everyone know I'm single. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Not> staying in. <laughs> we walked out and we sat at the bar at the BFI and didn't speak for like 20 minutes. I was just fucking blown away by what I just saw and I was like, wow. And I love like Francis Ford Coppola. Is that yeah, the train guy? That is the train guy. Um, and it, you know, it just shows like the darkness of human beings and it's fucking insane. I love that film. It's so good. Sick. Favorite art gallery? Favorite art gallery, I would say Victoria Miro. I'll go Victoria Miro. It's nice. just like, it's a nice local one from like where I kind of like grew up and lived and like, you know, you could take a stroll then it's not going to be packed. You know. Yeah. Like, Finally, favourite brand of all time. What favourite TV shows, isn't it? Favourite TV series. You're just going to say Friends, so I thought I'd skip it. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite TV show of all time, hands down, is The Wire. Nothing touched it. I love TV. I love TV shows so much. Um, you know, I, di I direct content. I like, love watching stuff that's so amazing at storytelling and I'm so jealous that people can actually function like that and I can't I can't make something that no no I can make a little narrative one minute piece these people are making up 45 minute narrative piece and it's insane yeah uh, The Wire is without that the best show of all time and then finally favourite brand of all time favourite brand of all time Junior Watanabe is, is Omari favourite brand of all time I'd say Junior Watanabe it would a few years ago would have been uh, Noah and I wear a lot of Alexi and Prada up there they're, they're like the, yeah. yeah all these questions straight into it how much and in what ways do politics and values affect your buying choices? Buying massively. You know, I think that I need to feel some sort of kinship with the brand and what they're about. Like, I don't think you'll ever see me really wearing any fast fashion. Um, I'd you rather, love Boohoo. I'd love Boohoo Man, not Boohoo. Come on. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, Only because you love Quavo. I love, yeah, I mean, Deli Ali Quavo smashed it. You know, anyone who's worked Jack Grealish, all of them. <laughs> I, own the, I own the full collection of each one. Um, you know, like a lot of these brands that we've talked about are quite left-leaning because they come from like skate backgrounds or like punk backgrounds. And 
I think that really sits nicely alongside my personal beliefs. This can sound really bad, but I suppose you can be honest, is it really influences my buying habits when it's convenient. No, no, and I think that's a lot of people is the same. You, you want to do that, and then sometimes you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not going to go and burn out, burn all my fucking Didn't you bands. turn up today in a pair of 350s? <laughs> yeah, and a, and a full Calabasas look. Yeah, it's done. And then I think maybe if we talk about partnerships brand-wise, it's, it's a tough one because, you know, inherently every brand is evil. Yeah. We also need to make a living. And we work in a really like capitalist world and to deny that would be stupid. So we try to like make our choices as Rayon Vert, who we work with, and Danny Lomas, who we work with, in a smart way, like who aligns with what we do. Yeah. We've definitely done taken a couple of things for a bag. You know? yeah. I think everyone has. You've got our own money. But like we've he, also turned down some we've stinkers turned out, for a great bag. Yeah, that's it. We have turned down some stuff stuff. For example, like I think if we told everyone we did like River Island, they'd go, Oh, but then you did River Island suiting and they came to you because they were like, We want we love the way you have suits. The way they spoke about it, they really like and they empowered you. And it's like yeah. for me that's one of our favourite things we've done because they really trusted you and your vision with like how a young person would want to wear a suit yeah um, so yeah like it does it does massively influence red flags and girls is <laughs> that giggle red flags and girls have your honours fucks <laughs> this, this is taking it back to episode one uh, yeah I this, when you're on like a dating site there's like a, there's three things that is an automatic no no matter how wonderful they are yeah. and this is really shallow but I suppose with this whole podcast is shallow if they're wearing have your honours if they're wearing like reflective Ray-Bans <laughs> 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 not all in one picture any picture and then like Sunday brunch hats um, and yeah you know I think that, that they're the three main ones your red flags me personally yeah um, someone told me one the other day oh, I can't drive <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so I was like, they were like, sorry, how old are you and you can't drive? But I grew up in London, so I feel yeah. like it's a bit of an excuse. They were like, and I sort of said that, they were like, no, it's not. Yeah. So yeah, I can't drive. Ladies, don't hit me up for a lift. <laughs> what has Danny taught you in life? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, no, but okay. What has what Danny taught me in life? Um, the first time we, so Danny, I hope you don't mind me talking about no, this. Like, you, you spoke openly, you know, you suffer from anxiety. So you suffer with anxiety. And I remember we wanted to do this shoot in New York. And it was early days of discussions about it. And the guys, the founders of Kai were like, oh, we'll tell him later. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to sit Danny down and we're talking for him. I'm going to give him an itinerary. I'm going to show him where we're going to, like, roughly where we're going to stay and what we're going to be doing in the days. So it's really taught me how to understand and value not everyone's built the same men- mentally as me as well. And like, I am literally built different. You <laughs> are just built different. <laughs> but like, you know, and it's, you joke about patience, but that is part of it as well. Like, you know. It's like, because I understand it. And we, I always do say to you as well. It's like, it's stuff that seems so trivial. But when you have anxiety, it's, it can be make or break kind of thing. It's like things that other people won't take for granted. It's like, I don't know. That stuff, it's like, I like knowing where a toilet is. Just yes. like little stuff like that. And it's like, just these little things where. Yeah. It's, de- it's definitely made me like less selfish, you know, like we'll go, we'll go away. And I'm like, no, no, you take my seat. That's a better seat. Da, da, da. Like, but I also think, you know, the other thing is, actually like how to be successful and humble like you're not taught me that but I've seen I've seen it in you and it's inspired me as well like like I said earlier you know you're you're a big model you've got like a really big following you're a skinny model <laughs> <laughs> you've got a really big following and you know very, very engaged following like people like love you because the way you boys what you boys did was fucking insane so amazing and like I'll love you all for life for that like you guys were the best to work with and the worst <laughs> every one of you was the worst to work with and the best to work with but like to see the way you treat every single person is massively inspiring I don't even treat people that well and I'm fucking no one so like <laughs> like I, I appreciate that and that's something you taught me 
Thank you. That was very sweet. Um, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? I once jumped off a cliff in some water in Greece. That was pretty brave. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joel, you know like, listen, I, the, the bravest thing I've actually ever done is at 25, deciding that I'm going to change my career and go back to university. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not here actually advocating for going to university. I didn't get that much from it. I managed to get my first internship through it. But I worked the entirety of my university career in advertising. So when I graduated, I'd already been working in the industry for two years. But I do think that's where the bravest thing is go, I'm going to go and do this thing that I never thought I'd be able to do. Yeah. Like, I always thought I was just going to work in shops. That's what I always thought. You know, I'll go be a regional manager. Like, yeah, you know, work your way up. And yeah. And that's what I'd always thought was going to be my career trajectory. And then to go and change that is kind of crazy but I'm really proud and then again when we left and started our own business you know I didn't really want to do it I'm a bit of a shookhead but then the guy the guys convinced me <laughs> love that phrase yeah. That's, that, I mean yeah you know the guys convinced me and like I appreciate them both for like convincing me to do it because it's been really fun that's it worst date story <laughs> so okay I don't have that many bad date stories the worst date story that isn't mine is our one of our best friends Hattie she has we want to start a podcast about dating because she has I don't think she's ever been on a good date personally <laughs> um, from all sorts she once got taken on a first date to a wake what <laughs> yeah what the fuck so this, this girl's yeah she got left in uh, downtown not downtown LA uh, it's like Venice uh, where these guys went to go buy like heroin and then when she tried to leave someone put a gun on her she's like Jesus so, Christ someone's like being racist in the middle of the fucking day she has the best date stories they're the worst date stories and my worst date story is do you know why I don't have bad date stories it's because because you don't get girls it's because <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's because in reality <coughs> Not to side with, uh, like, you know, Simone and everyone, but men are trash. So men are the people that make the dates bad. Yeah. So if you're not a cunt, then you're probably going to have an okay date. Nice. Yeah, true. Who would play you in a movie? <laughs> what prick ass? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sick. Uh, so I'm going to say Ryan Gosling. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. And uh, nothing you can make me change my mind except unless someone says Alec Baldwin because I look exactly <laughs> like Alec Baldwin. Um, there's I put up these stories because basically whenever I used to go to America people would stop me and be like are you related to the Baldwins and I was like no and it never happened over here and then it started happening and I put up all these stories of Alec Baldwin when he was younger he was also fit so you know I'll, I'll take it somebody like got to like the fifth story and was like oh my god I just realised this isn't you <laughs> that, like, people thought it were pictures of me no way yeah so Alec, Alec Baldwin unfortunately we've both got great hair that's why exactly favourite thing to do when you're alone <laughs> PG <laughs> <laughs> Like it's like how do you chill out yeah my favourite thing um, so I love watching TV series um, Friends on Repeat I would think yeah I remember like our friend Cuba once said to me he's like, he's like I literally don't know how you have a full time job and have watched this many series and like I, but I just fucking love it I'm like so obsessed by it and I've really got into reading again so I'm reading just about to finish A Little Life which is the most horrendous depressing book no, if you've got any you cried on the plane when you were reading it as well oh yeah, we, yeah I, I did cry on the plane when I was reading it and you and Bella uh, turned around and looked at me and was like What's going on yeah. here? What's your party trick? Oh, I can show you. It's not going to work for podcast, podcast, but I've got a magic trick. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> uh, basically, I've got a magic trick, and it's a. Uh, I don't. I think it came up in, like on like YouTube. I love watching YouTube as well, and it just came up with, like learn this magic trick, and you know, it just rolls through. I was like, okay, click this. Oh my god! <laughs> it's the worst magic trick. But then everyone goes like, that's shit. Then they stop a second and go, I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> Every single person is so bad. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll do a video of me doing it. Yeah, we'll do a video. Something that annoys you about Danny that he doesn't realise he does. Fucking, <laughs> the way he talk. Okay, Danny, here's the story, right? I went to the shop and I bought a paper. Then I came home and read the paper. 
Danny goes, so I sat at home and I was contemplating what pair of shoes do I go get paper in? <laughs> and then I thought, do you know what? I'm already wearing shoes. I'm going to go get paper. And you know that, you know that road next to Harris Street, the one there? Yeah, I, I, you know that road. Yeah. And so I, I, bo- I, I, I bought I it. you do know this road. I bought into Belly. Do you know Belly? So Belly's my mate who does this. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it up. And no, the worst part is, then it gets in and goes, oh yeah. So this is like 20 minutes. So I've met Dill, I've met Belly, I've met Mackin, I've met... Uh, uh, Harry, I've like met every everyone there. You've also spoke about the guy who used to like cut your hair, um, the dancer's neighbour who smokes weed, everything like that, right? And then you get then the end of the story is like, so yeah, didn't red paper, didn't I? And, like, what? and I've literally got a soundbite from the podcast where you go, oh, I've got a long story. It's not very good. There's not much of a payoff, but I'll tell it anyway. So that is my my thing about Danny that I fucking hate. Classic. Um, this from previous guest Ashley Kane. Are you related to Scott Disick? So again, oh, that's even my plan. There's a photo of Ashley and I in LA, and lo- she posted it, and everyone, loads of comments was like, "Oh my god, is that Scott Disick you're with?" Fuck's sake! Because it's the hair. It's the hair. Yeah. Why has he got small hands? They small hands. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't want to come on this fucking podcast. <laughs> From what will he cook? If he absolutely had to, would he? I think I would. Nice. Um, also from Will. Why does he think he's sick at tennis when nobody's actually ever seen him play? <laughs> well, uh, Danny's seen me play and the ball got hit straight at him and it bruised him. So, you know, aims on point. No, so this is like my new passion is actually tennis. So we went to a wedding. There was a tennis court there and Magnus and I played tennis for about three hours. Then Danny and I played tennis in like Birkenstocks and like, <laughs> like not, not court attire. Uh, and I love it. And I've started playing tennis and learning taking lessons and it's just like also in tennis definitely the best fits out of every sport maybe it's in yeah. darts but apart from darts I'm going tennis so it'll do last two and then Alex Redshaw. there's question. a couple more questions who's got a better game you or Danny <laughs> easiest question of the day <laughs> me listen I'm going to put it out there if Danny didn't have any followers Danny would still be a virgin <laughs> I've never seen someone with worst game. <coughs> worst game. Literally, Do you know what it no, is? This is it. He's like nervous. Yeah. Weird, like, weirdly large hand <laughs> standing there, really sweaty. Like, have you had a BAQ? I'll show you it. <laughs> Literally, the guy has no game ever. No, I'll tell you what. I hear like flirting. I hear that kind of side of it because you hear about too many people from the industry being sleazy as fuck. So to avoid any kind of confrontation, any weird shit coming out or anything, I, I just don't like being... Got ya. And so, but you were really successful before PAQ then, yeah? <laughs> Ew, bastard. Um, <laughs> who's got better style, me or you? <laughs> who's got better style, me or you? So I think I think I have a wider variety of style. Like my style spans a wider sort of like styles and genres and stuff yeah. like sub subcultures. I'd say what you do, you do better than anyone else. But the one thing I will say is you've got a massive fucking advantage that you're you're a model. So all clothes look good <laughs> on you, okay? So I'm gonna say my style's better, but you dress better. It looks better nice. on you. That's it, yeah. It looks better on you. My style's better, though. Everyone's a winner. Exactly. Uh, what are you most passionate about in life? Like, and this, but this is actually like, genuine. It's people. So everything I've done in my career is based around people. The work we do is all storytelling. PAQ was built building up these four characters. It doesn't matter what you guys are doing, actually. Fashion was the hook, but it was about you, you as individuals. So the storytelling we make is all about that. Yeah. But also, like, my whole career's been built around, like, culture. 
and looking at subcultures and youth culture. And I've always just been interested in like, who people are and what makes them tick and why they do things. Yeah. The psychology behind that. I love strategy, which a part of advertising is like strategy. And it's like how you get to the creative idea. And you really need to understand the individuals you're trying to market to. Um, but because we mainly work within youth culture uh, in, in like urban cities, it's kind of similar. But it's the area that like I grew up in, the people that like, you know I, I talk to every day. And I think people and what makes them passionate is basically like what I love talking about doing. And that's, I suppose, my passion. Sorry to get all that TED talking on you. It makes sense though, yeah. Because it is very people based and everything you've done it's not as if you're just working for the man doing shit that'll never pay off it's all been very entertainment based and it's yeah everything's to please someone i guess in a sense of also i almost quit this whole this whole industry um during lockdown to become a teacher primary school teacher really that's my real career goal. what do you teach a primary school so just like everything like oh, yeah. i think the way like kids minds work so jokes the fact they got no filter and like they say whatever like our friend charlie just had a baby and it's like a little cross on baby and it's just like <laughs> i just want to like chat to him like yo what are you saying like <laughs> i think it's i think it's really really inspiring that people who teach especially like and those who can't teach pa <laughs> last question is will jordan finish that fucking kfc story <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, good callback. Thank you. Um, you got good at this, actually. So that KFC story, it was just about basically we got brought onto this KFC thing. It was with Paddy McGuinness. And I was creatively directing it. You know, that's what I did. So I did creative direction for it. Nice. And I was sat there and like I spoke to Brittany, who's the producer. And I was like, who's directing this? And she's like, oh, you, there's not enough budget for a director. And I was like, <laughs> what? I never directed anything. Like, that's it's so ironic. The, what I wanted to be when I was younger was a director. I wanted to be a filmmaker. Me and my friend used to go out and like film series on like a little like high eight mini DV camera. We didn't, we didn't know how to edit, so we'd film it in order, and then if we didn't like the take, we'd rewind and record over it. So you'd have fucking like, hell. You'd always have these little weird. One take. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was called Bad Cop Shit one, Criminals. It was one terrible. One take wonder. One take wonder. That is what our production company should be called. But yeah, so like I really wanted to. I'd always wanted to work in. Uh, sorry, I'd always wanted to be a director. I applied to film school when I was going to uni originally and they all turned me down because <laughs> I didn't have any grades they were like, yeah. they were like uh, you need like A's and B's to get in here I was like what about you <laughs> will that work for you I've seen Pulp Fiction um, and then you know like, so then I did this shoot and it's probably actually the most pl- Matt, will, Matt will probably agree to this probably the most well planned shoot I've ever done as in like I did a full shot list because I was so scared now I'm a bit more like cool I kind of relaxed with it like, yeah. Well, yeah I'm like you know we did a shoot the other day there was 10 talent who were like international talent all like 40 million followers 20 million followers 13 cameras and you know it's a bit more like I've seen everything can go wrong on those sets yeah but yeah that KFC commercial and that Paddy McGuinness actual pro literally one take smashed everything out <laughs> didn't sit in his green room came and sat with everyone else just all he was doing was talking about how much he loves gravy that's all <laughs> and that's, that's not even a lie because he loves KFC gravy it sounds like I've been making a northern joke here he was gassed on it and then yeah the video came out and we were like oh I don't know and they got like millions of views because they put paid yeah, behind it and uh, yeah, it was, then I was like, fuck. And then it was like, cool, we're doing this thing. You need to direct that. And I was like, oh shit, I, I don't know if I'm, yeah, it's a lot of pressure directing. Um, and yeah, then I kicked the director off set once on a Dove TV commercial. So I've directed a TV commercial. Fucking hell. Yeah, that was all good. But yeah, so that was, like, that was a KFC commercial. <laughs> so the final question yes. from Alex Redshaw. Who I've never met, but I love. Exactly. The podcast is cool and it's interesting to think how well it's doing considering the topic of fashion is so heavily visual and podcasts are usually audio only. Why do you think it works and are there any podcast tips and tricks you've learnt in the process? Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Safe. Uh, Nice one, Alex. Yeah, I suppose that is the eternal issue is we are talking a visual medium on a on an audio only format what we do is we talk about fashion we don't talk about items per se we talk about someone's journey within fashion so that was i think when we came up this podcast idea us three that was the sort of 
skew that we gave to it was like you know we love we love fashion but we also love like interview podcasts we listen to where people get interviewed yeah it's so interesting it's like well what if we actually just focused it a little bit more and that's why we, we have the structure of the podcast of like the past present future but also like that gets thrown out the window so often of course but you do it to give yourself a bit of structure and i'd say that's also a thing it's like don't go like oh we're gonna go freewheel it and just fucking like yeah chat about chat whatever's... for an hour yeah because you know what like what you think's interesting probably isn't that interesting yeah and like, i think we've we've worked that out as well is like and i think that's one of my hesitations about doing this us two talking is is any of it actually going to be interesting whereas i'm like you know if we get like glenn kitson on if we get what willie cook's on if we get Tor Northern on they've got interesting lives and they've got really interesting things but that structure that we created around it and not talking about just fashion talking about yeah. their lives and it's it's <clears> all about relationships it's their relationship with fashion it's their relationship with their career it's and that's what it's about like we might talk about an item yeah but we don't i don't think the podcast lives or dies on that if we were like here's the coolest items that came out this week and it was it's be, just audio we'd only. be fucked yeah because you don't that doesn't help you i think people resonate with it because look people love you you're like a great presenter you're a great personality and people wanted more of that and i think when we looked at other podcasts they were either too jokey or they were too serious and we're like well let's pitch somewhere in the middle that's what we thought paq was it it was a gateway into learning about fashion and that, we wanted it to be educational we wanted it to be fun yeah. but we didn't want it to be too fun or too educational if that makes exactly sense. yeah i mean it does make sense to you you it's still did the strategy as well. as well but i think it's also like when we're coming up with it there is i wouldn't say there's a limit to the guests but you can hit a certain amount of guests but when you think about fashion in reality everyone wears clothes and everyone's chosen those clothes for a reason so i think that's kind of what we wanted to think about as well where it works with audio because you can hear it's not about the pieces they own it's about the passion they have for them what made them tick and what made them buy it and what influences their style well i think that's a really good point because actually like we were talking about guests recently and we we basically work with people within our own industry like in our own circle but then we were talking about like i really want to hear what like you know the guys from Trapstar have to say about fashion yeah because it's not something i'd wear but their career is built off of their fucking love of clothes and yeah it said like I wouldn't wear it. Doesn't mean it's, it devalues it. Like exactly. they probably won't wear most of the clothes I fucking wear. But I respect what them guys have done so much. And I think that for me, they're like a guest I'd love to have on. And it's not like betraying anything that we do because actually, like what they do in fashion is as important as what Chet Lowe does in fashion. Yeah. As what you know, Cable does in fashion. It's you know, it appeals to a different audience, and that's really important that we make sure that we also don't just go, oh, he's all our mates all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's like, say, like, we had Flossie on, and Flossie's quite a big one because she doesn't work in the fashion industry. She wouldn't really even say she's into fashion, per se. Yeah. So to have someone like that on was quite a good learning curve, not only for video, but also for us to kind of think, right, even if people aren't into fashion, if you can chat to them about what they like and what makes them tick, you can have everyone. Like, if we were offered one of the sidemen, something like that, obviously, you wouldn't turn it down being like, oh, this makes no sense for the pod. We wanted to make a podcast that would be inclusive in that way where you can adapt it and still make it about the clothes you wear. Yeah, well, rather than just being like, like I'd like hot Cal or not. I'd like Calix to be on it because you know he's in, he's got a trainer brand. And yeah, again, it's not like his clothing is probably not the same style we'd wear, but like he has an opinion on clothing and fashion. You know, we worked with Young Philly recently, and he has an opinion on on like what he's wearing and how he wants to develop his style. And like that's interesting to me is understanding people's development, like and how they sort of like start somewhere and end up somewhere else and why they get there and like we've all worked in this industry a long time that we're maybe not our final destination but we've done a bit of a journey already yeah what's more interesting is those people that are on the journey right now and why they've decided to start making that change yeah yeah so i think that but and, and to alex's second point about like any tips and stuff i'd say the hardest thing is just fucking doing it like, yeah just 
just consistency getting out there recording it because here's the thing like we sat around for ages going oh we should do this we should do this we should do this, we should do this. and Richard Beadle went I'm free on this time at this date and we were busy and we were like, like shit I was like go and do it now kind yeah. of thing because and once we've done that first one it was like cool now we just need to do it um, don't don't like overextend yourself. You also don't need like the best stuff. You can fucking record it on your phone, like yeah. if you wanted to. We don't even have the best equipment. Like we, we, the great thing is we're lucky. We we have businesses. You have your business. We yeah. have our business, and so we don't have to make a lot of money from this. Yeah, it can it can sort of just bubble along nicely. It's technically a side hustle at the moment, I yes. guess. Yeah, yeah. With hopes of being. Don't spend all your money on like equipment and shit like that because none of that matters. We learned that with YouTube, right? Yeah. The most raw stuff, like the stuff that was filmed, like vloggy content, is some of the stuff that did best, yeah? On Instagram, we know, like, highly produced photos don't perform as well as, like, ones that you just bang out in front of your mirror. Same with this. You don't need to make it perfect. Just, like, make it out, get it out there and just keep putting it out there. And, like, Yeah, you'll find what you like and what you don't like and you'll see, you'll naturally progress. Like, not one person will start a podcast and their first episode will sound like their last one. I mean, if, if anyone wants to see it, go watch episode 100 of PAQ, which is Ralph Lauren, yeah? Yeah. And then go watch episode one of PAQ. They're different fucking shows. Exactly, yeah. PAQ episode one to ten cringe mate like the grading <coughs> the color grading on those episodes is horrendous like this like i was watching one the other day and i was like why is everyone so yellow yeah <laughs> like, it's like you know it's gonna develop it's gonna grow but you just need to keep keep going for it and i think that's it just have if make sure you're committed to and it's, that's anything if you're gonna start a vlog if you're gonna start a podcast if you're gonna start anything that works as a side hustle you've got to love doing it otherwise you're gonna you're gonna end up being like oh, fuck this i can't be asked anymore yeah so yeah that's uh that's my little bit of advice what a sweet and wholesome note to end on i guess uh, i think i think this was actually more sweet and wholesome than i assumed it was gonna be actually yeah isn't it? <laughs> but I'm, I'm also still worried that i've not said anything funny any funny stories that uh that'll uh, make it onto the cut down. So maybe I'll just tell, say about the time that you uh, got drugged in a leaks party <laughs> and had to be dragged home by Dexter and you popped your head out and you're bright pink, screaming, <laughs> wailing like a banshee. Uh, then we were just like, then you, you're like, we had to throw you naked into a shower and Dex is rapping and me and Matt are like, oh, brilliant. Two of the PAQ boys are going to die on our watch. We've fucked up. <laughs> And on that note, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> I've been Daniel Lomas, you've been John Rayson. And thank you, Matt Brown, for, again, just saving the day running things. Exactly. Big love, Matt Brown. Because also, this was done on a Saturday at, like, what, what we are now? Half seven. So, yeah, big love for your time, boys. Love you guys. Lots of love. I don't know. Fucking see you later, guys. Bye. Bye.